film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because Indie Film is the greatest invention ever. Yeah, man, we're living that Indie Film dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. And hey, we've got back in the studio, Nathan Karimi. Yay! Yep, thank you guys. Thanks thank for, you again. Thank you for coming. Thanks for coming back. And oh, we're man. missing somebody. We're missing... Oh, Chris Mackey, who's out on assignment. Yes. Good luck with your assignment, Chris. Yes. We're pulling for you. We are. Is he military? Is no. He, oh. he is ex-military. He is, well, yeah, he is ex-military. You guys are so lucky that you have, like, a trio that it's, like, three of you doing stuff together. Yeah, it helps. <clears throat> it, it, it does. Uh, sometimes the conversations go long on the phones or the texting, but it, it, we all have to say what we need to say to get it out there and make sure we're all on the same page. Um, but, yeah. We're lucky to have three of us for sure. Oh yeah, and those are always enjoyable conversations for the most part. I, I bet for the most part. Yeah, we're all pretty much like minded in, in how we want to proceed with our businesses and everything. So, speaking of business, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. So. Um, oh, first of all. Oh, uh, sorry. Do you have a suck? Oh, we got to ask him. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I was. Uh, listening to Trevor Younger's podcast and he was talking about his suck being like people not, you know, about the art, people not, people being all about the business. Yeah. And ordinarily, like, the stuff that sucks to me is like just being broke and trying to do this. When I really think about it, man, this kind of idea about like critical thinking that people have, and I feel like we should have extra as filmmakers, the lack of common sense that so many people have about things and how it has just penetrated an entire industry is just, it's crippling because it makes you feel like a loser. Like I'll give you an example. Yeah. I question myself as a writer all the time. When I won the blue cat competition, it gave me this sense of like, Oh, like, I must be good because I won this competition. But then I realized the guy that runs the competition is a bit of a looney tune. <laughs> and the script that I wrote was like super egregious on all levels. I mean, it was, it was about unpopular topics, but I thought it was pretty good. I guess what I'm getting at is like the standard that we as filmmakers have to achieve is just so arbitrary and it's written and it's written and put in place and the gatekeepers that control it they're not any fucking better than any of us at stuff some of them might be really good right like whoever wrote Shawshank Redemption that was incredible Kubrick is obviously brilliant and like even a lot of these movies that are coming out now a lot of the ones that do make it are make it because they're good but a lot of stuff that doesn't make it is still really good. It just doesn't fit the agenda of the fucking Hollywood program. And I'm starting to become, I was almost like a little bit afraid to like speak against that because people are really politicized with a lot of their ideas. But I think we can all agree that like there is very much an us and them. And I fucking hate that there's a locked door in between that they have and we don't, you know what I mean? Well, they're the haves and we're the have nots. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of how it's set up, you know. But uh, I, I do believe there's still 
some opportunity for people like us if for we sure. keep fighting. And you know, you're talking about the Hollywood uh, agenda and the ABCs of you know how their films are made and you know their equation of how that makes them successful. It, that doesn't work for us. I mean, obviously, we don't have studio backing. We don't yeah. have millions of dollars. We don't have the connections or the you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, I do think the way to go against Hollywood is to just make better films. Yeah, for sure. And do and and find homes for them for people to see. For sure. And I agree with that. That's happening. The problem is, like I said earlier, the gatekeepers, where are they going to see these great movies? Mm-hmm. I guarantee there's tons of really, really, really good movies out there nobody's heard of. Yeah. Nobody's talked about. And they're made from people like us. Yeah. And even like the festivals, I think, are function sometimes as some of the... And I don't know. And some of this might be like me being bitter about not getting into Toronto or not getting into certain things. There are just badass movies that don't align with what's trending or whatever. And if, if it doesn't, it's like it gets lost in the mix. Right. But I don't mind being not Hollywood. Oh, no. I, I, I really don't. Very un, I, I'm very, at this point, anti-Hollywood. <laughs> I, I love a lot of the actors. I love what they can do. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're they're the best in the business at what they do, but they get, you know, that's what they do every day and they get paid a lot of money to do right. it. Um, and you almost have to know somebody to get in the, the door there. I mean, you can be really good, but there's a lot of, I spoke about this in one of the podcasts before, how it seems like Hollywood or any big business or whatever, there's a lot of backstabbing to get to the next rung in the ladder. Oh, I'm sure. It, it, it's not even needed. You know, if we all work together and do good with each other, we can help each other get to the next rung together. We have to fuck somebody over to get to that next rung. Yeah. And I think just helping people out, that's that's actually not quite the Hollywood way, from what I can tell. Yeah. There's a lot of good people in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of quiet people, too, because they're afraid they won't work again. Here's my thoughts on that. The issue is, with with the advent of streaming and everything, and, and the advent and the rise of the DSLR revolution with cameras, mm-hmm. there is so much content yeah there is it's it's there has never been this much content and there's only going to be more the entry bar to making a film is low Low it's 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 on it's on the ground basically you can step over the bar and that doesn't mean the entry bar to getting your film to a wider audience is low that is still sky high Hmm. but anyone can make a movie on almost any device of almost any quality Hmm. and most of the movies made the vast majority are crap yeah, the, the, those crap movies, which you know, hopefully Red Knight doesn't fall in that category, but it dilutes the platforms. It exactly yeah. dilutes the platforms. Mm. Yeah. I don't watch that many YouTube videos, but this one stood out to me, and it was like Quentin Tarantino talking, and he was at some film festival, and he was on a panel, and they were they were like, you know, what, what do you think about... Someone in the audience asked something like, what do you think about... Uh, filmmakers now and like how it's harder for us as opposed to like 1993 or whatever. And Tarantino was like, um, you know, make, make effing Reservoir Dogs, okay? Um, you know, and he's just going on and on about how if you make something kick ass, it's gonna be great. That's just not all that true. Like, I know, like, one of my, one of my favorite filmmakers is a guy named Shane Carruth. This dude writes, edits, shoots, directs, stars in, colors, does the music for, I mean, everything on his movies. And they're incredible. Primer, like that movie that was done famously for like $7,000. Yep. He had another one called Upstream Color. This dude can't get his third movie funded. 
You know what I mean? So it's not really just about if you make something kick-ass, it's going to all of a sudden do really good. That's a little bit of my suck, I guess. Well, when you're on the other side of that success, mm-hmm. it's really easy to tell other people how to be successful. Because yeah. you see so many books written by people, hey, here's how you can make a million dollars. Yeah. You know what, man? There is no book. There is no magic pill. There is no secret sauce. It's a combination of things. It's tenacity. It's luck. It's connections. It's hard work. It's all the above. And then with all those things, it still might not hit. Yeah. Yeah. This whole industry is a big gamble. Yeah, for sure. It, it is. And the, the, the back end, going back to the gatekeeper statement I made, is if they'd stop just taking everything and maybe be choosy a little bit so that there'd be less crap for advertisers to sift through and go, okay, I'll pay X amount of pennies for this, X amount of pennies for that. And go, you know, here's a list of really good movies. They're going to be on this platform. Then the, the advertising money would be there better for us and that platform. Yeah, but that that's wishful thinking. I, 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 believe me, I fucking know, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is, but that's how it could be solved. It could be, but it's not going to be because people are always going to try to make the most money they can out of a situation. That's why you have film that have film franchises that go on way past their expiration date. Yeah. Because people see a cow, they can milk for more money, and they'll just keep milking that cow and keep making money. Yeah, and then they're busy making that, and they're not going to take chances on like smaller independent things or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, not to, not to you know segue into my own uh, promotion here, but no, let's talk about that it. That is, I, that kind of being a pain point was really why I started the Gung Ho Revolution Film Festival was because. A24, for example. I don't know when they came out, but you guys remember like 10 years ago, A24 had a commercial come out and everybody was like, whoa, what is A24 going to do? Now, I feel like everything, they do all kinds of things. They they felt at one point in time very, very, very independent to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And then now they feel very, very, very commercial. Like, I think that there needs to be a stronger definition of the word independent. Because we, us three, are definitely independent filmmakers. Mm, yes. And, you know, Mackie's not here, but four, let's say. And my partner Dave is not here. Let's say five. Like, I know that we are independent filmmakers. And we struggle. Like, come on, man. We're, like, in your basement. There's a there's a washing machine right there. There's boxes. You know, like, I know we are independent filmmakers. I know that for a fact. And I love that moniker. Like, I love being an independent filmmaker. It remi- I'm not trying to get into like America because I'm not like a patriot or anything like that, but it feels like what America started on was like independence. And all of a sudden, there's no more, you know, like independent film is just this washed out, diluted idea. Whereas like to me, independent film is when you are certainly not more than a million dollars for a movie. Because that's absurd. I mean, unless you truly are just like a multimillionaire and you decide, hey, I'm going to make a movie. And then you just go through a non-studio system. But anyway, long story short, the idea with the Gung Ho Revolution Film Festival is that we run a script competition. It's a regular film festival, but we do two things different. One of them is we, we run a script competition. And the script has to be written using a location in St. Louis that has already agreed to work with us. And the winning script gets produced by us. And then the idea is later on in in later years, as we get bigger budgets, not just us, but other filmmakers too. Everyone's going to get to take a swing at this movie every year, you know, like 
Chris, hey, you know, like, we're in year three and, like, we got a nice budget for this. Do you have an interest in directing the movie? The goal is to, like, really bring the community together and get actual independent St. Louis filmmakers to get to direct stuff and writers from all around the world to write things using St. Louis infrastructure. And this year it's just a short film, but our idea, and I keep saying this, is that by 2028 we will make our first feature. Well, you got to have a vision to be able to hit the notes you want to go to hit. You know what I mean? What was your guys? What was your like initial goal when you guys started? How 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 many? Movies? Oh, well, it depends on what you mean by initial goal and what you mean by started. Yeah. I mean, back in the original early days, there was like this whole five year, ten year plan laid out for eighty eight millimeter, and it was very grandiose. And almost none of it came to fruition. Yeah. Apart from Rhineland, Rhineland was like a. Well, I mean, when I came on board. When you came on board, and that was when things changed again. And we had, but that was, what, that was 2016. It's 2016. So that was 17 years after 88mm initially started. Oh, you started in 99? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so in 2016, what we decided to do, and, and Cruiser was the first one we were going to start with, was... The boxing piece. Yes, yes. Well, we wanted to be in pre-production with something every two years and, and put a movie out every two years or so and uh, with you know while you're working on one movie start yeah. we're already looking for money for the next movie yeah uh, obviously that didn't happen that's hopefully kind of what's happening now we're I mean we're not in pre-production of another film right now but we do have uh, things going on as we're getting ready to push out Red Knight yeah we do have another feature script yeah and it's in the action horror genre yeah know, so yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, Red like Knight is the catalyst for the our idea to come true back to you know two two years, three years putting out a new feature. And uh, but if you don't have that vision, like I was talking about before, you know you, you can't accomplish the little tasks it takes to get there because you don't even know what the fuck they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And I, I mean, I think that that two year, like every other year, essentially. Seems realistic, and I don't know like where you what budget you guys are in, but I was talking with Dave yesterday. He's the you know co producer um, and the DP for Oscar Tango Hellwater, and you know one of the Gung Ho Gorillas, and he was he told me that they were shooting in I think Idaho, and they did a project for like twenty thousand dollars, and I just kind of feel like. That $50,000 range for movies, if you get all the, your ducks in a row, I feel like you can actually make something really cool for about that price. And honestly, with me Ubering, I feel like a new lease on life, financially speaking, I feel like it's not, it's not anywhere... I'm not trying to speak about single mothers who are raising three kids because there are financial difficulties that I don't have that they have and, and so on and so forth. I have like a stable house. My wife is home with the kids. But I sincerely feel like once I get my shit together, shall we say, I feel like raising 50 grand every two years is super doable for the average person if you're willing to work really, 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 really fucking hard. <laughs> Sure. I don't you think know. there's an issue with that. And I feel like you can make a movie for that. Oh, you definitely can. Mm-hmm. And and we have. I don't know, I think we're in the we're in the low six figure bucket. Let's put it that way. That that's kind of what we're we're trying to do with that's everything. A big old bucket. It is a big bucket. Because with the fifty thousand and under budget, 
everything is stretched so tight. And and if you were if yeah. you were to talk to me in 1999 and yeah. said $50,000. Well, exactly. Yeah. Are you kidding? Well, let's, we can, let's make 10 features. Yeah. yeah. For sure. I know what you mean. Yeah. But no, 50,000 is too low. I just mean it's doable, but you have to ha- you have to be really really willing to embrace the suck. Well, I think if you made a $50,000 film and it somehow became a really good successful movie, uh, you could still keep cranking out those fifty thousand dollar movies as long as you had a tribe to follow you. Yeah, you know, as long as you made your brand. Yeah, or some kind of a system that it works where it's yeah. just like, hey, and that's kind of what we want to do with the festival. Is we know that this look, I'm going to be honest with you, the festival this year it's going to be about ten percent better than last year, but it's still going to have its kinks. And I and this movie, I mean, I shot it and directed it, not because I'm a great shooter or director. Because I have to. Next year, I'm hoping that I'm not in that corner where I have to. Right. Next year, I'm hoping it's like, okay, we have maybe, like our plan was to have $10,000 to shoot this short film. More than enough to shoot a short film. That did not happen. I basically funded the entire thing myself, ended up shooting it, so on and so forth. But the idea is that by 2028, at once these this first feature comes out, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, we would like to, of course, hit other festivals with these movies. But I think that we can probably, within a few years of that, encourage like buyers from that would attend other film festivals to come out to ours and say, "Hey, look, this is super low budget stuff, but it's more approachable. I mean, we're in Missouri. Get a flight out here, come hang out for two days, watch this stuff. And if this is something that you guys want to buy, cool. And then if not, well, this is your second year of the festival, right? Second year, yeah. So, how's that going? Man, it's it's. It's it's it sucks. <laughs> it's so it's so hard. We turned into a nonprofit this year. Cool. Which is the biggest scam in the world. I mean, not. I'm not saying we're scamming anybody. No, no, no. I have but nonprofit. Yeah. I mean, we could theoretically look. I haven't profited a dime. I'm in the hole like a mug. But we could, theoretically, I could make four hundred fifty thousand dollars and put it in my pocket. Yeah. Yeah, that that part's the uncool part, yes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So it's like nonprofit. So I kind of feel a little weird about that. And then it makes me feel less independent calling it a nonprofit. But the idea in our mind was we're gonna be a nonprofit and then we're just gonna get sponsorships out the ass. We're gonna get sponsorships from fucking Chips Ahoy's gonna call us and then Everlast is gonna you know what I mean? Yeah. No. We got eighty five hundred dollars in sponsorships this year and That's pretty good. And we and I could not squeeze another dime out of that. There's no way. And that eighty five hundred dollars went to like keeping the ship afloat while we tried to get more sponsorships, while we pay a caterer, while we get beer for the festival, while you know all of these, you know. So it's in the suck years, but it's cool, man. Like I don't. I'm. I have long since passed the time where I care about public shame or embarrassment. And I'm long past the point where I really care about failing. Like, I I would say that my rate of failure is probably much higher than the average person. I fail it. <laughs> and I'm not even trying to sound like Michael Jordan with all these shots. You know, like the the cool part of it where it's like the failure. Like, I'm 33 and, and I'm still failing. I just do have 100% faith that that will not be the case forever. You know? Well, yeah. I'm a couple years older than you, and I am also still failing hard. Well, 
Well, I believe, uh, I believe me, I, I fail every day too, man. I, I'm right there with you guys. That's so, I just saw it in your eyes, yeah. like, hard. <laughs> yeah. I do, that's... Well, well I, like my girlfriend said earlier, hey, we only have the rest of our lives to be poor. I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's good times. Good times. Well, what I was going to say before you made that famous statement there... Um, you know, I fail a lot too, a lot. And I have success in some things and I fail in other things. And sometimes life comes crashing down with movie making and other business stuff. Sometimes family shit happens, you know. But the times where you don't fail, those little bitty moments, the non-sucky parts, the maybe 5 or 1% or half a percent of time that is, it makes it taste that much sweeter. And yeah. I've learned more from failure than I ever did from winning the first damn time. You know? Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of I'm, like I really I truly am okay with it because we have we have we have a, we have food the kids always eat we have like shit I got HBO I got HBO baby I don't know you know <laughs> I got HBO at home Netflix a nice couch a nice backyard a house we eat all the time you know what I mean like I'm not. When it comes to hum, like human life, we're doing more than just like scraping. Oh, we're, sure. Yeah. We're living in, 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 I'm not even trying to compare this to like a third world country. I mean, even within America, we're doing pretty good. But in terms of learning from failures and things like that, it's just gotten to the point where I'm just like, okay, like this is rock bottom. Oh, no. Look, it's a cliff. Cool. Yeah, there's always another layer down. You know, and I'm and I'm waiting on these big learning moments, and and I get it. I just keep pushing forward, but the, at a certain point, I'm like, what the f am I pushing forward on? You know, <laughs> what kind of response have you got to the festival? What what kind of, what are entries? What kind of uh, how many people? I'm were... proud of the movies that are in it. I am so that is the one thing that I'm not the one thing. There are a bunch of things that I'm excited about at the festival. There's a few movies in this festival that I'm really excited about. Obviously, Oscar Tango Hellwater is premiering. Is It's not premiering. It's a special viewing. Special viewing. Or whatever you. you want to mm-hmm. call it. So I'm really excited for St. Louis to see that because so many people in St. Louis worked on it. I'm excited for you guys to see it, to be honest with you, because I feel Me like too. we're kind of going to do like a movie swap at yeah. some point where I'm going to come see your guys's and you'll come see ours. And So I'm really excited about that. I am. Uh, as much as I'm like past Oscar Tango Hellwater and on to the next where I don't want to think about it anymore. I still have a responsibility to sell it and all of that stuff, but I will say I am proud of it. And I think that the people that were in it will be, have been proud to have been in it. Um, outside of that, some of the other movies that are showing, there's a movie called the title's insane. It's like desecration of the mad Mac, mad mackle and Mimicry in the House of Pain or something. It's a crazy long title. Damn. But it's this weird movie about, it's a short, but it's a long short. It's about these rock and rollers who are in a haunted house and then somehow they end up playing this song that like brings up the zombie devil. It sounds like kind of, it almost doesn't sound good. It is one of the (laughs) coolest indie films I've ever seen because it's just like these dudes just completely went for a style and it worked. All the acting is really good. I'm really excited about that one. There's a Spanish movie called The Bathtub that I just was, I could not believe how good it was. I was just, I ran upstairs after watching it and told my wife, I was like, this is my favorite movie in the whole festival. But I've said that like six times. So I'm excited for people to see these movies. We have more entries than we had last year. So everything is moving up 
but it's moving up from the gutter. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's still moving. Yeah, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I have this like new kind of philosophy that you guys saw me with my VHS camera. Yes, I'm working on this like documentary slash book, and it's called No Matter What, and it's just establishing like all of my no matter what things, whether they're whether it's like a daily habit, and one of the no matter what's is like this film festival will happen no matter what, sure. and next year it will happen no matter what. I can't guarantee that it's gonna be great this year or that it's gonna be great next year, but for sure I'm just gonna keep doing it until it ends up being really badass. What's uh, the venue? The venue is another thing I'm super excited about. It's St. Louis Public Library's Central Branch, downtown, 1301 Olive Street. They have a gorgeous theater. Seats like 235 people. Really cool. The sound is great. They got a new projector for the film festival. And oh, it is fantastic. like a, yeah, yeah. They have, they have done they have just been so cool about this it's being catered by a guy named kevin sodeman who's like open he wants to open up a restaurant and he's you know a chef and he's just very excited about being able to present his art form to all these people so that's kind of there are a lot of things i'm excited about of course i'm like in the gutter with it right now but there's a bunch of stuff i am excited about it i knew there'd be something that didn't suck yeah and it's i'm not gonna say it's i mean to me if you got booze and food and movies if that's not fun to you, then it's you. We did that in the backyard two years running. We had booze and food and movies. Did, was it? Did you guys show your movies? All of our crap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them turned out really well. Yeah, that's the most. Did you guys rent a screen, or did you did you buy a screen, or? I had a friend loan us a screen, and your brother loaned us the sound system. That's right. My brother's a DJ slash teacher and he let me borrow his oh dj uh nice speakers yeah, backyard film series that's the kind of stuff like i would love all things like that to pop up all over the place because dude i mean even if you guys i don't know i i just feel like that's so much fun and if you charge people like even if it was like 10 bucks like hey come have a few beers some barbecue and watch our movies yeah i think that i think that's a blast i love that kind of stuff yeah i'll be there just for the beard i mean the yeah. movie's a plus Exactly. That's the beer, yeah. So, yeah. I can't afford 10 bucks. No. Well, last... <laughs> I can loan you nine. <laughs> last time uh, you were on the, the podcast, you were, you were talking a little bit about where you were going to take Oscar Tango. Mm -hmm. um, have you gotten anywhere with that yet since we last spoke? No. Um, I also have not tried. This is a mistake that I made in 2015, and I'm not going with 4AM. So 4AM was a movie of mine that did really well here in St. Louis, and I put it into like just a bunch of major film festivals. We did the same thing with Oscar Tango Hellwater. We put it into like Toronto and Fright Fest and a bunch of like ultra notable genre festivals, and we didn't. We have not gotten into anything, which sounds like a fantastic endorsement of the movie i consider myself a realist i don't think it has anything to do with the movie because i'm gonna be honest with you i know the movie is of good quality let's say it. i'm not gonna sit here and toot my horn well like it, you but. said before sometimes festivals get a little bit um political with what they want to show yeah there's no stars in it like it's shakespeare reimagined so i don't know it will speak for itself on October 14th, so people can kind of decide. But I don't feel like I'm in denial when I say that I think there's more to it when I say that when it hasn't been getting in and things like that. How many festivals have you submitted to? Only a few, which is what I was getting at with the mistake I made in 2015 that I did with 4AM. 
I'm going to, after, like, as the next festival season approaches, I'm going to submit it to just a bunch of festivals. You know, even ones that are, like, maybe, you know, you know, B-plus, B-minus type festivals, let's call them. Just because I think, and we have kind of thought, that it will be good for us to develop an audience through the festival system because it feels like a festival movie. And I think you guys will kind of see what we mean when you see that. It is very tough. I mean, I can't even describe how difficult it is to get into the top tier festivals. Yeah. First of all, there are limited spaces, very limited spaces. Second of all, so many people submit to those festivals. For sure. For so sure. there are thousands of submissions. I think Sundance got like 13, gets like 13,000 submissions or something like that. Yeah, and they take a tiny, tiny percentage yeah. of those. And a lot of spots are already accounted for. Mm-hmm. So what you're battling for with a few thousand other people is probably two to five spots for yes. a feature film, yeah. if you're lucky. And that's another thing that we kind of take pride in with our festival is... We're not going to be the type of festival that's like, oh, this dude's cousin is the projectionist, so this is going to get in. Like, we are strictly, one of the things that we do that's kind of unique, too, is we review every movie on our YouTube channel. Good, you have standards. Yeah, so we just want to bring movies in because they're badass. Good. And not even just that, like, you're so right about there being limited spots, even for us, even for our tiny film festival. Dude, I turned down probably, I would say, we probably turned down, you know, like 40 movies, something like that. Oh, my God. But. That's good. We probably turned down like three good ones. Like, we probably turned down three really good movies only because it was like, okay, is this good enough to kick this out? Man, it's, it comes down to a timing thing. It comes down to so many things. There was a movie that I described as perfect. I was like, this movie's perfect, but it didn't get in. Because I was like, this movie's perfect, but this movie over here was imperfect. This movie, another movie, like, had balls. And, like, that's one of the huge things we are looking for in these movies is we are looking for people who are... There's a movie I'm really, really, really excited about. I'm not saying anything. I'm not criticizing the movie. I'm not saying anything that I didn't already say on the YouTube channel. The movie's not perfect. And, actually, the lead actor didn't do a good job. But the fucking director just went for something he went for some wild shit and it really worked and it's super artsy and it's super well done and it's super thoughtful and it's it's not a perfect piece but i can't wait to see this dude's next movie and i can't wait to see the dude's next movie after that so those are the types of things we are excited about at our film festival how many submissions did you get i'm thinking like 52 something like that that's pretty good for a second year I'm assuming small to no budget festival. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our but yeah, so pretty pretty small, and I think we're only showing like maybe eight movies. Um, but we we also like I've kind of said even if and we don't this year, but I'd rather have dead space and cut the festival early than accept something just to show it. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm actually very excited. I'm sincerely excited about every movie that shows. And I will say, last year at our film festival. The one compliment I heard, I'm not going to say over and over, but I heard it twice. <laughs> there wasn't that many people. Um, there actually was. There was like 120 people one night. That's pretty good. I was, yeah, I was excited about that. But one, the one comment I heard more than once was, that's one of the best lineups I've ever seen at a film festival. And it was because we were super picky and we just didn't show that much stuff. 
And I was really proud. I was really proud of that, that people were like, okay, like there's not a movie where I'm like, okay, I'll take a nap during this one. Well, fantastic, man. Man, I'm stoked about seeing it. So why don't you tell us what nights they can see it, again, where it's at, and the best way to get tickets. It's at St. Louis Central Library, Friday and Saturday, October 13th and 14th. And you can get tickets at www.gungho-revolution.com slash attend. Or just go to gungho-revolution.com and it's, I put like a new front page on. It's like the first page. It is free to come, but you do have to sign up. Like you can't just come. That's a library thing more than it is a me thing. But I want to respect that because the library has bent over backwards. Shout out to Joe Schwartz, who is the event coordinator at the library, who has, I mean... This dude needs to make movies because he's so good at getting shit done. I can't believe it. Like, <laughs> but anyway, October 13th and 14th um, and Saturday uh, the 14th, Oscar Tango Hellwater pay, plays. And if you guys do want to drink a little soda or a little booze and you want to eat some craft St. Louis food by an independent mm-hmm. caterer, I think the prices are very reasonable. It's for the entire weekend. It's fifty bucks, all you can drink, all you can eat, um, and it's if you don't uh, want to um, come both nights, it's a little more expensive for just one, but it's thirty bucks. But let's put it this way: you you end up drinking three beers. There's your thirty bucks right there. So, and a bunch of movies. So true. Well, well, my hats off to for doing this festival again because. I know how hard it is to make a movie. I, I can't imagine trying to run a festival. A movie's way, 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 way harder. Is it? Oh yeah, <laughs> for know, sure. It's still got to be a lot of work to get this thing organized. It's a lot of work. It's 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 hard because it's it's like a like a movie. I feel like you can kind of just put, you know, bite down on your mouthpiece and get it done. And like with a movie, again, this concept of no matter what. I think with a movie, you can be like, okay, like let's shoot this in the backyard because we have one three hundred D. And, uh, you know, like a five and one and three dudes. Whereas like the festival, it's not harder than the movie for sure. It's not because the movie there's pre-production, there's production and there's post-production and there's a thousand micro elements within each of those. What makes the festival hard is that you're so reliant on other people. Like I've been trying to get a beer company to call us back for like the last three weeks. And I've just been kind of acting like it's all good. Like we're going to have beer and we will have beer. It's just that I'm going to have to go buy a bunch of beer. If, if <clears throat> you know, that kind of thing. So, but a movie's way fucking harder. <laughs> yeah. Movies. This movies. sucks. <laughs> well, there is one, one thing I can think of though. Uh, yeah, that, what is, uh, what is that? that is pretty much a standard you can rely on. Mm. That on the Indie Film Sucks podcast, we're always going to talk about the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens <laughs> of true independent filmmaking. Go to Nathan's Film Festival, go see the movies, spend the 50 bucks and get food and drink, all the other stuff. For or, the whole weekend. For the whole weekend. How it's can a, you beat that? That's a good time. It is. Cool. Thank you guys for having and Thanks me for coming again. I know that this was like a, uh, I know that you guys invited me to support the film festival. We so did. Thank you so much for that, man. You're All welcome. Right. Let's hope it. See you in October. Yeah, let's go. See you guys there. Indie film sucks. Indie film sucks. It's the indie film sucks. <laughs>